takes us out of our day-to-day and our errands and our lists and our projects and our commitments and so much so, you know, we're in that realm, we lose sight of the bigger picture and synchronicity is what takes us back to and helps us realign to our highest self and our truest purpose. Before resuming this week's episode, we'd like to invite you to attend a free women's circle hosted by Monica Berg on January 31st at 3 p.m. Pacific time. You can expect us to be diving into our fears, sharing stories, and discovering our inner strength that may still be undiscovered. Hope you'll join us for this very unique, very special event. Mark your calendars for January 31st. Details and links in the episode's description. See you there. Hello. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. (laughs) You got a lot of energy today. I do, actually. Finally, it's been a long week. Happy it's almost Friday. Oh, sorry. Uh, Wednesday. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? Because I feel like you're a little distracted. I'm kind of just waiting for you to oh, be present. Completely present. Mm. In July of 2006, a waitress in Westlake, Ohio, asked a customer who ordered a drink to present her ID. But what the server received shocked her. It was her own stolen driver's license. This waitress's wallet had been stolen for a few weeks earlier in another town. So instead of bringing drinks to the table, guess what she brought? Police. The police, who arrested the thief. But think about it for a second. I mean, I think it's a really interesting story because what is the likelihood of this series of events playing out? There are so many moving parts. Details like Westlake's sizable population and many restaurants to choose from. The fact that the theft occurred in a different town. The waitress worked that specific schedule. The probability of her even serving this particular customer who just so happened to order alcohol. The likelihood of this having occurred was close to impossible. So was this a coincidence or was it synchronicity? And that is our focus of today. What do you think it is? What if we speak in like different tones the whole time? Would you be entertained? Like different (laughs) voices? (laughs) Probably confused and entertained at the same time. I like to keep you on your toes, Mike. So is it a coinkidink or is it... And of course not. I mean, right. So, so the bigger I- idea here is, and you don't really, do you, you don't believe in foreplay. Like you always like to go straight to the deep. <laughs> like completely the de- inappropriate. It's not appropriate at all. It's like I like to tease a little bit, okay. and like banter, and then all of a sudden you want to go like into the deep kabbalistic wisdom, which it really should come in about, I'd say, fifteen okay. minutes, sure. maybe ten. I have nothing deep to say. <laughs> Only shallow. All I can do is send, share some shallow. Okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, 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 no. 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 Only thoughts that are coming to mind are very shallow. Ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> were you going to go into deep wisdom? I was. Yes, I was. Of course I'm sorry. You were. I apologize. Okay, I know you will. Synchronicity for those isn't who are. Isn't that the most important thing in life, though? I mean, it is, but also people learn better when they're entertained and they learn through stories and science and then you bring it all together and then shazam, you present <laughs> the deep wisdom and then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to open people disagree. up. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Before you give them this, you. sometimes a big pill to swallow. It's not a big pill at all. I think it's a beautiful deep wisdom and understanding okay now everybody wants to hear it no 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 okay great so synchronicity (laughs) for those who aren't super clear is a collision of events where something other than the probability of chance is involved and the confluence feels meaningful it's an event where needs are met people encountered where things just come together perfectly when we need them Psychologist Carl Jung believed that life is not a series of random events and like synchronicities are the expression of the deeper order that underlies our lives. Yeah, like, I think, I, by the way, so I think mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Like that- dreams, 
instances of synchronicity have meaning and can even provide guidance. Go ahead, you were interrupting what you were saying? No, I was going to say that I think it's very interesting that really this word, this term, this concept comes from Carl Jung, right? who is very well, relatively well-regarded thinker, psychoanalyst. And um, there is a lot of, and I think maybe it is important to touch upon a little bit of where science comes in oh, here. foreplay. You do it, um, um, but but I think that that the the spiritual aspect of it, or what I would say, is more what we all know to be true, is interest is is as important, or if not more powerful. My my hope for our listeners in listening to this podcast is that they really become both more aware and and really open themselves up to see the synchronicities that are that are going on around them all the time. And, and it's exciting because if I could it, take this moment <laughs> to go just a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. I think you have to, and this is something we have spoken about before, have a I don't know if the word specific, but a, a, a specific way of viewing what some people would call God, right? We we don't, you know, that's a weird term because it has many different meanings to many different people. The spiritual view is this that there is a force that is behind creation, and that same force continues to push forward both each individual and the world towards a positive end, right? We will call it growth, transformation, change. I think part of the reason why people can find it difficult to think of, you know, is God talking to me? Which is basically the, the question we are asking, is that if you see that being as being a being, then it is, well, it has got to be a very busy be- being, right? Talking to you, talking to me, talking to 8 billion people, you know, I mean, it's, that, 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 the logic of that is, is, I think, a little hard to accept. Also, when you set it up like that, it sounds like something that is separate from you, which is not what God is. Right, it is not separate from you, but it is greater than you, yes. right? So, if you understand that the nature of reality takes into it as well an understanding of this force, again, that created everything, and that keeps pushing everything, so that there is actually a flow to life. There is a flow to my life. There is a flow to your life. There is actually a direction into which we are going, and an end goal to which we are aspiring, and that we are being supported by this force, which can be compared to the force of gravity, to all the forces that we know of nature, and I would argue greater than all those together, but when you start viewing that creative force as this flow of energy, therefore it is not so much that God is saying, oh, I am going to talk to you, Monica, today. It is just that there is this constant force that is desiring to bring us to a a more elevated state, we will call it an end goal. And then, of course, it makes much more sense. It's like it's like saying when you know, it's like saying if you didn't know the way the currents of rivers flow, and you jump into a river, or you're in a canoe and a boat in the river, and suddenly taking you like, oh my God, who's doing this, right? And and they keep doing, and they're doing it for me, and they're doing it for that boat next to me, and they're doing it for that boat. For, no, of course not. We don't view it that way. There is this force that's taking all of us in this direction. Well, that's I think a very important way by which to view. Again, you can call that force God. You can call it, give it whatever name you can give. Call it the Creator, but that, of course, that it makes much more logical sense that that flow is directing me and, and can come into my mind. It can come into my world. 
but it's not this sort of happenstance that God says, oh, today I'm going to give you this sign, right? And when you view it like that, am I going too deep? No. <laughs> okay, good. And when you view it like that, then it isn't so much so that I have to accept that today God chose to speak to me by this occurrence or that coincidence. It's that it's actually happening all the time. And I'm probably missing 90% of the messages, of the directions, of the quote-unquote coincidences. I, I see 1%, 10%, 5%, whatever that number is. And what I'd like to ask our listeners to do is to really frame their lives in this way. And with that, not think about the coincidences as, you know, an, an occurrence every once in a while, but that actually these synchronicities are a constant part of our lives that we are most of the time unaware of. And you will want to open yourself up to this reality, and then you'll start seeing more and more of these synchronicities. Right, because I think sometimes people, many people go through life seeing these kinds of appearances, situations as being random. And the spiritual view is very much like Carl Jung's and that nothing is random, that everything has a meaning and a purpose in the universe. Sometimes we'll understand it, sometimes we won't. And it reminds me... <laughs> I'm raising my hand for those of you who are not watching the podcast, but listening. Are you going to add or are you going to change the subject? I was going to add. Okay, go I ahead. was going to add. There's so much to add. But I'll just add one one more idea. Well, no, I was going to give an example to the idea that I was just sharing. Go for then it. You Go for it. Continue. Maybe if, if I remember. Oh, Michael. Go for it. So imagine you're driving on a rural road, and in the distance you see that there's a small fire burning on top of a mountain. Do you get out and climb the mountain to investigate? Unless it's your property or you're a firefighter, most likely you're not. You're going to say, oh, I wonder what that is. I'm not that curious. And you move on. But it reminds me of the story in Exodus of Moses, who saw the burning bush and went to investigate which resulted in Moses taking off his shoes and having a really necessary, important conversation with the Creator. So imagine if Moses had dismissed the small fire as unrelated to him entirely, just a mere coincidence. So I think many of us notice things, but we don't actually pause and take them seriously. We choose to believe it has nothing to do with us or that it's not really for us, even the things that are right in front of us. And funnily enough, yesterday, Miriam, our daughter, called, she FaceTimed me, and she's like, I'm I'm at a glasses store, I'm trying on glasses, and she had big, really big glasses on, she's like, and I'm thinking to myself, well, I hope this isn't the selection, <laughs> but she's like, look, look at these glasses that I have on. She's like, don't they look just like your dad's? My father, yeah. right? And so, she, and she's like, and look at this, and she takes me to, you know, on the wall, and they have the names of all the glasses. So that specific glasses that my father wore all the time, the name of it was Abe, and that's my that's father's name. Funny. And I just like, I thought about that today, even underwater, a big smile on my face for two reasons. Obviously, I felt like my father was well, saying hello. To our listeners who don't know, your father's name was Abraham. I, Abe. I just said oh. that was his name. <laughs> yeah, you were too busy to write your next idea. <laughs> I don't remember um, you saying that. That was my father's name, Abe. Yes. And so it, it, I felt like he was saying hi to me, but also it was a beautiful moment with Miriam that she also saw it as a sign of something and then, you know, wanted to call me and FaceTime me right away. Nice. She picked different glasses, by the yeah. way. And again, I just... Yeah, So, I think that's so important, again, because some people might look at that and say, well, really, God woke up this morning, right? If you looked at previous to what we said before, God woke up this morning and said, I'm going to give Monica and Miriam a sign, so I'm going to have Warby Parker call this... Right, but it must have happened a long time ago. They didn't decide today. But anyway... Right, so it, it makes it much less believable. It's really cool, though, because it's right? like how he, Abe, A-B-E, it's how he went. He didn't go by Abraham, Abraham or even Ibrahim. Ibrahim. He didn't go, exactly. 
but but the point is, if you understand that that's actually the natural state of things. So by the way, there's another hundred things that happened today that you didn't notice, right? That, that were in that direction. I, and I, I find this personally very exciting and inspiring, and I hope our listeners as well, because it makes much more sense, I believe. And I like when things make logical sense, or at least come close to being logical, in that what we're seeing, those synchronicities are, again, a small portion of what's actually happening, because the, the flow of the creative energy of this world is always in that way, way beyond what is natural and natural occurrences. And if I can, what I wanted to add, which I think, again, related to everything we just said, that if you understand that these are not only a part of life, but they are a necessary part, which means if we like you just the story you told about Moses, the most some of some, I mean, most of us know the story, it's a biblical story. And like you said, had Moses missed that burning bush, you know, millions of people would have suffered. We would not have received, you know, what's called the Bible, one of the most important books ever ever revealed in this world, and so on and so forth. But that's happening to you and me and to all, all of us time. every day. Mm-hmm. We're missing the signs. We're missing the synchronicities. So it is not. Oh, it's nice to get a you know sort of this message like you 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 received yesterday from your father. Oh, it's not you know when it happens. No. In order for us to live the life that we're meant to live with the blessings that we're meant to have with the direction that we're meant to have, you have to be you have to be constantly desiring and open to these messages. Because it's almost like going going on a journey without a map. This, these messages, these synchronicities are actually the, 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 the map from the creative force of the universe to direct us in the right place. And if you're not growing in your ability to see them, to observe them, to receive them, and to understand them, you're missing so much of the direction that you're meant to be having in life, and it can wind up in the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, I often find myself looking for these kinds of breadcrumb trails, right? And then even, especially in my dreams, I'll wake up, and if I have a feeling, and I feel different when I wake up, I'll actually go back and look through the dream and say, okay, was there something I'm supposed to Can I share something completely unrelated? Yes. (laughs) It's about dreams, because you reminded me. You're you're my my muse, you're my Uh, inspiration. uh So you you said... So you just reminded me that, you know, last night before you went to sleep, you shared with me something you were not happy about. I did. You did. <laughs> and then and then I, I remember I just remembered now that I had dreams like 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 not like not sad, but sort of dreams that were like I wasn't so happy, like like a little bit sad dreams. And I woke up this morning saying, Why? Why did I? and then I realized the <laughs> reason I had sad dreams, not your fault. It's that, that I heard you unhappy you about were, something. Had empathy for and me. that exactly my empathy was bled into my dreams and I had unhappy dreams. Oh, that's good. I gave it to you because I slept actually pretty okay. Good. That's probably why I took all of that. I took all of that negativity into my dreams. I actually woke up saying, actually, I woke up in a in a chipper mood, and I was there. You go. I now was, you know. And I was on the other side of it. Now that that's not a coincidence. That is synchronicity. Uh, no, I believe I, that. By the way, I believe that. Yeah, I do too. There Thank you. you. I took You're one welcome. for the team. Yeah. <laughs> I love the story that speaks to breadcrumb trails. It's about an athlete. His name. It's Kevin, and he was living in Melbourne, Australia, when he began seeing a physical therapist about a leg injury. During his intake visit, the physical therapist asked Kevin if he had ever had damage to his right knee. 
Kevin very confidently denied the history of a knee injury, which surprised the PT. The physical therapist got Kevin set up with a heating pad and then went to check on another patient. As Kevin lay on the treatment table, he looked around the room and he noticed a print on the wall. Something about it felt familiar. It took a few moments, but he finally recognized the building and the image. When the physical therapist returned, Kevin asked him about the print on the wall. Kevin explained that he recognized it from his childhood. The physical therapist said that he had done some of his training at the Royal Edinburgh Infirmary. Apparently, Kevin's family had lived in Edinburgh for a while when he was a boy. His father had actually taken him to that very hospital after he'd hurt his knee playing soccer. Kevin was grateful for that serendipitous moment because if he hadn't seen the that image on the wall, he actually wouldn't have remembered the injury. And the doctor had asked that, the physical therapist had asked that right beforehand. And then when he had that information, then the physical therapist was actually better able to help him than if he had not had that. Interesting. Right? So it's those moments of like, we, he didn't have to be curious about it. He didn't have to, you know, even ask the question. But I think often in life, we kind of just go through it without looking for those breadcrumbs. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. And it reminds me of something, I'm not sure if I share this on the podcast, but I know that I, I find this a very both important and inspiring idea. The story of Abraham, most of us know the story of Abraham, that he was the first, we'll call him spiritual revolutionary, at his time, sort of really the created the revolution of Judeo-Christian tradition. And it begins, it says that God speaks to Abraham. And the 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 commentators, Kabbalists ask the question, why wasn't why did God choose Abraham? It, it, there's no indication of any, at least in the biblical story, of anything special that was about Abraham. It just almost seems out of, out of the blue, God speaks to Abraham. And, and the answer that is given is that God was speaking to everybody. It was just Abraham who was listening. And, and that idea that to know that at, in this moment, right now, you and I are, are getting countless messages. And throughout our day, every one of our listeners, there's going to be that you know, call it the voice of God, but really call it synchronicity. These occurrences, and the more open you are, the more clearly you will see them, and more importantly, receive the messages from them. Receive the messages from them. By the way, I think that's part of the reason, not the only reason, but when people are in a state of darkness or deep sadness or negative thoughts, they feel more lost than ever. It's because they're, they're so weighted by that heaviness, that reality that they can't hear the right. the thing that's the positive was right in front of them was above i know that it's almost like i mean i felt like that after my father passed and karen had passed it was such a difficult time and the it was close together their passings but i felt like i had blinders on and more than anything i wanted to connect to the light but it was harder than ever and i really think that that's why for sure i wanted to share a little bit of of jung's thoughts how science plays into the idea of synchronicity. Isn't that cute that we were both going to talk about the same thing? You were going to talk about this? Well, I brought up Carl Jung earlier. Yes, yes, yes. That is not coincidence. <laughs> so, writer L.K. Kerr writes, Jung also looked to modern physics to understand the nature of synchronicity and attempted to adapt many ideas in this field to accommodate his conception of synchronicity, including the property of numinosity. And I'd like to talk about numinosity a little bit in a minute, but... He worked closely with Nobel Prize-winning physicist Wolfgang Pauli, and also consulted with Albert Einstein. The notion of synchronicity shares with modern physics the idea that under certain conditions, the laws governing the interactions of space and time can no longer be understood according to the principle of causality, 
In this regard, Jung joined modern physicists in reducing the conditions in which the laws of classical mechanics apply. And there's there's this idea of entanglement, which is spoken about, studied in, in quantum physics, the idea that even when particles are separated, they seem to have an influence one on the other. There's the famous quote from Albert Einstein that I often like quoting, which is, you know, spooky actions at a distance. Mm-hmm. And it's when you start seeing, you know, that that it's again, I believe this this idea of synchronicity is something that we all feel to be true. It's also interesting to see sort of the 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 scientific, I would so call them sprouting of, of this idea. But when when Carl Jung was thinking about this and writing about this in the in the 30s, one of the interesting ideas, which I think is worth discussing, is numinosity. Mm-hmm. And it's based on uh, a German theologian and philosopher, Rudolf Otto. And he wrote a book in 1917 called uh, uh, Das Helig, which is uh, printed in English in the translation as The Idea of the Holy. And it's interesting. Yeah. So and the book was came out in 1923 in English, 1917 in German. And this is what he writes. A non-rational, non-sensory experience, what is, what is what he calls the idea of the holy, or is that it is a non-rational, non-sensory experience or feeling, whose primary and immediate object is outside the self. This mental state presents itself as ganz ander, in, in German, or the object that is the holy other, a condition absolutely sui generis and incomparable, whereby the human being finds himself or herself utterly abashed. The feeling of it may at times come sweeping like a gentle tide, pervading the mind with a tranquil mood of deepest worship. So it is a spiritual experience, is what he is talking about. It may pass over into a more set and lasting attitude of the soul, continuing as it were thrillingly vibrant and resonant, until at last it dies away, and the soul resumes its quote-unquote profane, non-religious, or I would say non-spiritual, mood of everyday experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It has its crude, barbaric antecedents and early manifestations, and again it may be developed into something beautiful and pure and glorious. It may become the hushed trembling and speechless humility of the creature in the presence of whom, or what, in the presence of that which is a mystery, inexplicable, and above all creatures. And the idea is, so when Rudolf Otto develops this idea of numinosity, which is basically a spiritual experience, it correlates, at least in Jung's thought, with synchronicity. Because if there is this force that allows us to have experiences that are not tied to the physical, then clearly there is that force that can cause synchronicity, or two occurrences occurring that seem not to be related or causal, but they are related because of this underlying force. So I thought it was interesting that, as as and again, and a lot can be said about this, and not to go too deeply into it, but that Carl Jung, a lot of his thought around synchronicity was developed based on this concept of numinosity, uh, which is the spiritual experience that we've all had at different times mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you were reading that, I got the chills. I started thinking about times I felt that, and it really does transcend where wherever you're at in that moment. It really takes you out of this world and in that day-to-day existence and takes you, transports you. Yeah. And one more thing in, in this regard, before I go back to synchronicity, me and you were at a wedding a few weeks ago, and I shared a concept which I think is so beautiful, because I always try to, you know, steer away from, you know, because religion, to some people, 
you know, although it's of course its roots are spiritual, can people had misunderstood can be that, misunderstood. Yeah. The word holy, which is the one that Rudolf Otto uses, right? And so the Kabbalists explain what does the word holy mean, right? If you ask anybody, it probably the closest thing to it would be Rudolf Otto's, you know, concept of numinosity. But in simple terms, holy is anything that is eternal, that never goes away. Marriage is holy, mm-hmm. right? Love is holy, hopefully, right? <laughs> real, real love, right? Of course, unfortunately, love can go away, and and. I think that hopefully part of what we inspire within our listeners in this episode is to really live that life that is experiencing the real energies that are all around us and not just, you know, tied to what we call in the Western world, you know, sort of reality, right? Or the material world. And with that, I'd, one more quote from Carl Interesting, Jung. Interesting, because as you're speaking, that's it's those little moments, I think, that they're like whispers. Again, like the breadcrumbs, it's not even like this is not i mean maybe it's not a great example but it's just to show how we should pay attention i was walking down the stairs today this morning and i noticed cobwebs on the wall scones and then i was like i should clean that i was like okay i'm too tired it was early in the morning I go downstairs make up a coffee and i was like oh so there was a spider in my house no kind of spider it was like i just i went it took me to a place now it's not a great story but you know i i, the, I get it but the point is it. right it's those moments where like you notice something and you don't have then we don't really give it another thought because it's not in what we our intention is to do in that moment or what our goal is or what our focus is and so we just ignore it right so i paid attention to the the web and then the spider web and then i started to think more about it that's kind of how we want to approach, you know, obviously something. Because what it does, webs, webs, but. What, what, what you're saying, which I think is so beautiful, is that really the purpose of seeing synchronicity is to be tied more closely to the web of true reality, that energy that is really, as we said before, driving us. But if we don't take the time to think about the it, pause, you did, yeah. so you literally, in that, in that moment, your consciousness took you to a spider, to a web, to a whole, to the natural way of things, yeah. which ties in exactly with this quote that I wanted to share from, from Carl Jung. He says, the East bases much of its science on this irregularity and considers coincidences as the reliable basis of the world rather than causality. Synchronism is the prejudice of the East. Causality in the, is the modern prejudice of the West. And I mm-hmm. think the idea is that synchronicity is one benefit when you start living within the realm of what I would call the natural state of things, that includes the understanding that of this force that is that is directing us and 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 bringing us towards growth, change, and transformation, and a better place. It takes us out of our day to day and our errands and our lists and our projects and our commitments and so much so, you know, we're in that realm, we lose sight of the bigger picture, and synchronicity is what takes us back to, and helps us realign to our highest self and our truest purpose. Yeah. I would add a caveat, which is good news, bad news, however you hear it, is that, of course, being as that this force that that is bringing about these synchronicities is one that is meant to be bringing us towards growth and transformation, the less in in tune our life is with our true soul's purpose, the less we will be aware of them, and of course, the less we will be able to receive those messages. Right? So, just to use a, uh, an extreme example, if somebody's goal in life is to steal as much money as he can from other people, synchronicity and that force is not going to be supporting him, he or she will not be receiving the messages. Of course, that's an extreme example, but 
one tool we said before is you have to be open to it. You have to know that, that these messages are coming to you and that they are not coincidental. But also... You need to be aligned. You have to be aligned, exactly. With where, where, the force. where are you going? Mm-hmm. Where are you directing your life? If you're not directing your life to, I would say, the expression of your soul, of your essence, of your light, and becoming a better person all the time, you get, you're not going to be getting these messages. And certainly, you will not be able to, to, to be understanding them. So, the two very important prerequisites to truly be able to, and like we said before, you want to be growing in your receiving of these messages, is one, yes, you have to be open to them. And second, you have to make sure that you're aligning your life more and more and more towards growth, change, transformation. So, I would like for our listeners to try one thing this coming week. For one day, I would say every day for the week, but let's say for one day, look at everything as being purposeful. Look around at the simplicity of everything around you. Many of us can point to our life successes and attribute them to part of our laser beam focus. But I'm saying for one day or for one week, stop doing that. Instead, look around and be open to seeing what is there, not just what you're looking for to expect to be there. Stop mentally going over your schedule, your task list, and your worries while you do this. Allow your mind to wander and be curious about your environment. Synchronicity exists all around us if you only have eyes to see it. You know, that's a Carl Jung quote, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. And what I would say to our listeners, again, is that understand that it's a necessary part of life. It it's is a beautiful not... part of life. It's like the, I think it's one of the most exciting parts of life, to be honest. Right, right. But, if, but again, I think some people wait for it to happen, right? Yeah. But what we're saying is that you don't want to be waiting for it to happen. For example, what one of the great sages, spiritual giants, the Baal Shem Tov, said, again, that you really need to test this. Meaning, so he uses the example... If you're on the right path, it means that something you're thinking about, that same day, you'll open up a book of wisdom, and it will have a lesson, that same lesson for you. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the ways to know that you're actually on the right path. If you're not getting these synchronicities, you should stop. It's not like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm not lucky enough to get them now, maybe in a week, or maybe it happens to be once a month. It's actually something that's a very important test of your spiritual development. If you are developing spiritually, you're going to see more synchronicities. And I'd like to share a story from actually one of our uh, friends, one of our teachers in Berlin, in Germany, he shared this story with us this week, and I thought it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So many of our listeners probably know that one of the fundamental works of Kabbalah, written about 2,000 years ago, is called the Zohar. It's a very important, one of the most important spiritual books ever written. And we use it to study, we also use it for messages, for synchronicity. So. One of his students in Berlin was having had had a difficult, a very difficult, and again, a lot of details of the story, had a very difficult relationship with her father when she was younger. So much so that they were almost estranged. They weren't, you know, they never spoke about what happened. They, they did not, they had a fraught relationship. And as to she's, this day, to this day, mm-hmm. and as she begins studying Kabbalah, begins studying spirituality, she comes to her teacher and she says, you know, should I? have a conversation with my father. We never spoke about, you know, what happened, and I just sort of held this resentment, tremendous amount of resentment towards him. And I was, in her mind, she was going to continue her life, basically estranged from her father, never talking about what happened. And as, I think, often the, the, the correct spiritual message, he told her, you know, I think if you can, 
You should try to fix it. No, you know, no guarantees you will, no guarantees. I, I think you should probably push yourself. She didn't want to. Have a conversation with him. Go to, go visit him. Have a conversation with him. And he said to her, but by the way, oh, make sure if you go and do this, take a Zohar with you. Mm-hmm. Because we know that this book has energy, has light in it. If you're going to do so, if you're going to do something important, something difficult, you want to have it with you. So it's a, she goes to her father's house and she's having second thoughts. Should she, should she not? She puts the Zohar on the table and her dad said said you know something to the effect that you know he felt energy from that book and she saw that as a sign that she should have the conversation but she still wasn't sure and she opens up our teacher told her open up the door you know random right she opens it up and there's a story where one of the great sages is told by another of his friends you should go to your father and she saw that yeah, him, sign, yeah. As, as the exact sign Long story short, she she went there. She had this conversation with her father. It opened things up. It was a very positive interaction. I mean, again, just think about it. What are the chances she was going to open up to us randomly? Open up to a section from thousands and thousands of pages that tells that, that tells a story of one man telling the other, "Go to your father." And this is the idea. The idea is that that we need these messages. And the conversation went very well. And I think they're right. on the road to repairing. And by the way, even if it didn't, my point, yes, right. Right, right. But the point is, I know, but people might want to know. How it turned out. <laughs> yes, it did go very well. What we're asking, or hopefully inspiring our listeners, is that we need. I need this. You need this. And do everything that you can with all everything that we share in this podcast to both open yourself up and look and. Find the proper way to interpret and be aligned in such a way that you are, are are able to receive these messages. You need them. And this is what, I don't know the words guarantees, but makes it easier to be going in the right ways, to be making the right decisions, to be having the right conversations in life. So I'd like to share a, one of an email from one of our listeners. And this is, you know, sort of a story within a story, but I, I, I think it's very interesting. It just goes to show you, and me and you often have this conversation that, you know, we don't know all the people who are listening to this podcast, you know, thousands upon thousands of people all over the world. But I always, I, I, I read almost all the emails that come to to us, and I just find it so inspiring. You know, people in different times in their life, different places in the world, are in some ways being inspired, getting light from this. You know, no coincidence there too. So, dear Michael and Monica. So many of your stories and lectures over the years have inspired me. It's hard to choose just one to discuss now. One of my first experiences was Monica's anger, apology, and forgiveness lecture. Do you remember that one? I do. It was a long time ago. Let me tell you, it was life-changing. It came to me at the perfect time and has stuck with me for a long time. Right? You don't... Right? I think it's so yeah, beautiful, right? You, you give this know. lecture and, and you you hope that people are inspired in the moment. Here, Josh is telling you that, that not only did it was impactful in the moment. It actually stayed with him throughout life, which I think is so beautiful. Years later, Monica spoke on kindness. She told a wonderfully funny story about your daughter's babysitter and a winter glove. Sure, we all chuckled at the silliness of the story, but the message really stuck with me. During our stay in New York City, I encountered, encountered a man on the street with his dog, and he was asking people for help. The only cash I had with me was a $20 bill. I thought to myself, I can't give this man a whole $20 bill. That's insane. He's just going to waste it. I need it more. After everything was said and done, and we were back home from New York City, I realized I still had the $20 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. I didn't need it after all. I felt so bad that I didn't give it to that man, that I was being selfish at a time when I should have shown kindness. 
The creator gave me a test, and I felt like I failed. It was then that I decided to take spirituality more seriously. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. It is the failure, right? No coincidence, that brought him to take his spirituality more seriously. I want to be a kinder person. The creator was trying to tell me something for so long, but I only listened to what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. When I heard on your podcast that you and Abigail had a new children's book coming out, Mm -hmm. and it was based on the story of the babysitter and that glove, I immediately smiled and began a list in my head of children and adults that are going to need to read this book. I love that. Very synchronistic. Exactly. I wanted quickly to thank you for your work and tell you how excited I am for this next book. I look forward to your next spiritually hungry topic and hopefully to catch you both again live in person for another life-changing lecture. No pressure. I love Love and light to you both. All the best, Josh. Thanks, Josh. That got me thinking. I wonder when Tale of the Other Glove comes out, if we have people like we do a challenge and they write in like how they either nailed it or failed it in terms of giving to somebody who was less fortunate or in this area yeah. right because it's such an inspiring story, story yeah really beautiful and josh is starting a movement <laughs> yes and also inspiring all of us and all, all of our listeners and so this is a good time to remind our listeners to write comment stories failures and inspirations to monica and michael at spirituallyhungry.life monica Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. And as always, share this podcast with everybody you know. Go to Apple Podcasts, click five-star reviews, write positive reviews, and inspire others with this inspiration. And share this with everybody you know. As always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Stay spiritually hungry.